tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. on Ghana Connectors on Joy 99.7 FM. And indeed tonight, we are looking at the big deal when it comes to the IMF program. That deal has been sealed now. The first tranche of $600 million should be in account by now, but there are conditions, as you may well know. But there are also great positives. Industry has been speaking about this. We'll hear from them very shortly, the expectations going forward. But what are some of the key challenges that we'll all have to contend with with this particular deal? Well, this is a summary of it. The last few months have seen multiple upward adjustment in utility tariffs. The PURC's justification for the increment has been the depreciation of the Ghana city, high inflation and other factors influencing the high cost of operations of the utility companies. But according to an IMF country report, these increments were part of prior actions Ghana needed to undertake to secure the $3 billion program. The agreement also noted that there will be additional quarterly tariff adjustments throughout 2023 to help reduce the cost recovery gap and limit this year's shortfall to around 2.7% of GDP. The agreement also advises government to maintain modest tariff adjustments and slight improvement in debt recovery to help reduce the sector shortfall to 1.7% of GDP by 2026. This means that we may be experiencing sustained marginal upward adjustment of utility tariffs between now and end of the IMF program in 2026. Consequently, 
the PURC announced an 18.36% increase in electricity and natural gas tariffs for all consumer groups following its review of the second quarter of 2023, effective June 1, 2023. Government is additionally being urged to renegotiate the take-or-pay agreement with the IPPs, reforming subsidies to reduce revenue shortfalls, among others. Per the demand stated in the IMF document, prior Prices of petroleum products may also experience marginal increases should government fully withdraw all subsidies on these products and adjust the taxes. The IMF is also asking government to limit hiring and wage increments, allocation to statutory funds and reprioritization of capital expenditure is to be implemented as well. So, a few of the challenges uh, with this program, but they are significant positives as well. As Mark Bedouabwaji, who is the chief executive officer of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, uh, hinted this week when he spoke to me on PMX, they have been looking forward to this deal for a long time so they can increase their investment. Listen to him and Dr. Joseph Obing, who is also the president of the Union of Traders Association, Guta. Uh, let me tell you that uh, for some for the past six months, the investors that are coming in through the chamber, the question they keep asking is, are you sure you get the IMF money? Okay. Are you sure you get it? And when is it coming? So most of them are now sitting on the fence, looking at what will happen. And then when, because they know that when the money comes, at least there will be some stability in the environment. And so they are sure that whenever they invest, the least, of course, is to be able to get their capital back. Yeah and possibly get their interest or whatever on their on their project. So people and investors are now sitting, waiting to see what will happen. Now that you move a step further, the confidence is coming back. I have said, just as uh, Dr. Bin said, it's not the $3 billion. I know that few institutions can even mop up that yeah. $3 billion. Locally. Locally. But the confidence that confidence. this will bring back into the, the economy is what, are, what, what we are looking for. Beyond this... Other um, individuals who want to invest will now come in. The bilateral institutions will now also looking at what will happen because they know that we are going to be disciplined. And within the next three years that we are under IMF, some of the physical indiscipline that we have indulged ourselves in, we will, we will not do that. So for me, it's very important. And individuals that I also would want to invest in Ghana are also waiting to see okay. what will happen. So at least the, the signal is there. And I think that going forward, we are likely to see a lot of these um, individual businesses come in. Today I had a call, um, just the approval from one of the um, countries, uh, Pakistan, who came here last week. And he was excited. Why? Because they know we are going to get their money. Okay. Last week they were here and they expressed concern about what is happening within an economy. And mm-hmm. every rational investor will be concerned. So they are right to, mm-hmm. uh, to feel that way. But I think that the positive signal is there for us. I mean, Dr. Bing. If um, you're a businessman and you are even opening an LC these days, that you need um, the intermediary bank, or a European one, they are denying um, to um, confirm your LC. Then you understand what credibility mm. means. Mm. And this is what is happening to most businesses. And with um, us having achieved this IMF program, this uh, credibility is going to come back. 
And that's uh, Dr. Joseph Obey. He's the president of the Ghana Union of Traders Association, Guta. Earlier, you had Mark Bidouabwaje. He's the chief executive, Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. And uh, my colleague, George, are in the studio with me. George, uh, in the last uh, few minutes, uh, we have a confirmation from the finance ministry that uh, the money has arrived. Yeah. Somewhere in the afternoon that day, about $600 million that was transferred from the IMF has hit the Bank of Ghana's account. And I think that even one critical thing that the governor highlighted in his presentation was about the fact that we shouldn't be fixated about this money, but rather look forward to the structural reforms that this program would actually present to the, the bigger economy. But again, just like what... And these are the businessmen on the ground talking. The issue about the confidence or the concerns about confidence and what this will mean now that we've even been able to build up our reserves and what that will mean for our local currency. Now we know that for the next three years, the Bank of Ghana might have enough in its vote in terms of being able to support the currency. So those who are uh, speculating on the currency, those who really need the currency, might be able to throw it into the system. And some would say that the good thing or what we might be looking forward to is rather to allow the forces of demand and supply to determine the rates rather than the Bank of Ghana stepping in and pumping money because that is not sustainable even. Okay. Uh, so that's the very latest on this uh, development uh, story with the IMF deal, the 600 million dollars just hit our counts. Let's bring our connectors tonight. All of them are looking forward to this. I wonder. Let's bring in Harrison Mati, uh, eleven fifteen restaurant development consultant and co-founder. Uh, connects with us uh, via Zoom. Hello, Harrison. Hi, Evan. Great to Me have you me. connected. Great to have you connecting with us tonight. Uh, guess who is connecting with us? It's been a while. Efodela. Hello, Efo. Efodela is a blogger, by the way, and uh, he's also been monitoring this very closely because uh, part of this will affect everybody else uh, positively and sometimes a bit challenging as well. Hello, Efo. Hello, Evans. Great to have Long you. Long time no see. Long time no talk. Yes, Efodela connects as well. I want to bring in uh, the business uh, gurus themselves. Uh, Emmanuel Ampedu is a co-founder of Pure and Just Company Limited. They process tropical fruits into dry fruit snacks, dry mango, dry banana, etc. And connects uh, with us uh, right now. Hello, Emmanuel. Hello, Evans. Hi. Uh, pleasure being here. Great to have you. And then, of course, Dr. Joseph Obain is the president of the Ghana Union of Traders Association. Uh, he was talking about the challenge with securing LCs. And uh, they were looking forward to this deal coming through. Now it has come. I hope that will change for himself and his members. Hello, Dr. Obain. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for connecting. And Dr. Edward uh, Akanyamike is the president of the Ghana Hotels Association. Hello, Dr. Edward. Hi, Evans. Great to have you. Nice to be here. Mm. Uh, let me start with you, uh, Harrising. Harrising, uh, you run uh, the restaurant business. You are a development consultant as well. Uh, tell me, the economy has been in dire street for a while. Now the IMF deal has come. As a business owner, give me your reaction to it. How how are businesses yourself? How is your business planning for this? Have you anticipated it? Have you have you factored that into your plans? 
Hello, Harrison. Harrison, if you could Hello, unmute Evans. Yes, yes, I can hear you yes. now. Yes. Hello, Evans. Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned, there's a mixed feeling for me and I'm sure for most business owners as well because uh, as the IMF, I mean, the first tranche of 600 million assets that account, it comes with requirements that we need the, the government or the country needs to, to follow through. Uh, so for me, I'm looking forward to the city being a bit stable so that when you put an order or you have a, you have a budget to do anything, you are sure that the, the, the prices will keep changing. It also comes with implications that uh, there are tariffs that are, we have to pay. There are increments in tariffs. We, uh, we have to, uh, are, there's a possible increment in income taxes, which will affect businesses as well. Because, I mean, if taxes go up, it means you are going to deplete whatever your, your employees are earning. They will expect you to increase your, your salary. All these will have an effect on the business at large. It will be difficult for us to expand. Our operating costs will go high. Your profit margin will be squeezed. Uh, I also say that credits will end up being difficult because if all these things occur, it will be difficult for you to have good books that you can go to a credit or go to the bank if you're a small business with where to ask for money because with all these fluctuating uh, occurrences, it will be difficult for you to raise to raise some capital. It will be therefore difficult for you to expand your, your operation. So for me, uh, it's a mixed feeling here and there in terms of the dollar. Yes, if we're able to stabilize the CD, we will benefit. But then there are in-country uh, challenges that come with the, with the IMF deal that everybody will end up uh, struggling with. Imano, uh, at Pure and Just Company, where you process tropical fruits, do you identify with your colleague Harrison, who, who runs a restaurant? Yeah, I do. I do. I think that... Um, agree with um, him concerning the city stabilizing which we are hoping will happen but as a small business owner involved in manufacturing there are very little little things that are going to affect my business drastically i mean uh, the current increment in tariffs i'm hearing there might be incrementing um, um some of the stuff like fuel maybe some subsidies will be taken off and it's going to affect fruit costs because already when you're involved in manufacturing especially in the fruit sector you have your fresh fruit and delivery taking 50 percent plus of your total cost and imagine fuel prices go up imagine gas that we use to process goes up imagine utilities goes goes up and you can't also increase salaries it becomes a big challenge um for us as a small business and it's like the entire economy is might feel it and so you can't also increase prices to increase your margin and that's going to be um, um a challenge interesting uh, two business owners almost agreeing but also all of them looking at the stability of the city as a one positive looking forward to let me bring in the you know ghana hotels association dr tell me i mean surely for the hotels um this certainly should be good news for you well, Evans, it depends on uh, how you look at it. And uh, to put it in some context, I think we had a foretaste of this uh, hardship ahead uh, with the COVID in 2020, where our main challenge was with patronage. And then into 2022 there, but then the, we started facing some of these uh, stern uh, economic hardships. Now, the PRC recently, when we had a challenge with water tariff, we got that information that it was part 
of the conditionalities with the IMF for these times to be adjusted periodically. Uh, but at that time, of course, they did not uh, uh, accept that it was part of that. But as we are seeing now and as we are hearing now, uh, we are beginning to get the full picture of the challenges that we'll be going through. So in the short term and medium term, we know that we are going to face some serious challenges as, because when it comes to utilities, we use that a lot. And then uh, when it comes to general cost of goods and other services that we use, we know that prices are going to go high. The comfort, of course, like my colleagues said earlier on, has to do with the possible stability in the city because we also use uh, a, a foreign exchange in some of the purchases that we do and also hoping that inflation will also stabilize. But all these, uh, I don't think the economists have been able to tell us how soon that stability will come for us to enjoy. So we know that we are going to brace ourselves for some, we are going to brace ourselves for some very difficult times ahead. And that is the angle that we would want to look at it and not start singing hallelujah and praises for receiving this money because it's not going to change our fortunes overnight. Far from that, it's we are going to go through very difficult times before times become better. And I think that's how we'll have to look at it, Evans. Interesting perspective there. What about you, Dr. Obeying? Hello, Dr. Obeying. What's the view from the traders, from the from the from your members who trade, who who deal at the ports? Yeah. All that we are expecting from the de- uh, from this deal is to ensure stability. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC of the local currency which will lead to the reduction um, of inflation and thereby also reducing the interest rate up.
together. So if we are able of this IMF deal, the 600 million, um, to cushion up the um, foreign reserves, um, to make sure that at least um, the exchange rate or the um, CD is strengthened, then of course the um, is going to affect in inflation positively, um, where I expect that monetary policy rate should be reduced by the um, central bank to affect the lending rates. These are um, these are the key indicators that big businesses thrive, and they have all broken down. And with this, I'm expecting that this that it will bring businesses alive again. And then we can also transfer the benefit thereof to the consuming public. That's what we are expecting from this IMF deal. So, so mainly for you, the city stability is a key thing. And already, um, have you seen that? Have you seen that? It's been a few days since we we're anticipating now the money has come. Are you beginning to see the benefits of this? Our economy thrives mainly on speculation. And this particular time, there have been a positive speculation around the IMF deal. So the, um, the honors lies on government um, to be able to sustain this speculation positively, that we are able to um, use and utilize this 600 million to be able to sustain. Otherwise, we, we've seen um, amounts like 600 million, even 1 billion coming into the system. What are we going to do with it to be able to sustain? How are we going to make do uh, use of this um, um, 600 million? That's, that's what is important. And so, um, whatever will be able to sustain these gains to transform it, to make um, 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 enabling environment for businesses to thrive again after suffering, suffering for all these months and all that, it will be uh, to augur well for all of us and the consuming public at that. I mean, Harrison, I mean, as a business, uh, give me a sense of how the last one year has been for you. I, I, wanna, I want to understand the challenges you've had to confront. And of, of course, many have looked at this IMF program as a solution to some of these challenges. So I want to understand first, and then let's see whether the way the program has been structured will deliver in, in terms of fixing these challenges. What have been the key, the key challenges that you've had to contend with, Harry Singh, as a, as a, as a man who runs a restaurant? So, Evan, it's been, it's been a terrible one for, for me and other, other colleagues that are in the restaurant space. We started in December with the prices of oil going up, which we all saw oil rose from around 400 cities to over 1,000 cities in this country. Prices of frozen foods went up, rise, Everything that matters to anybody who runs a restaurant virtually went up. Uh, transportation costs went up. If you were going to even cut uh, produce from even the rural areas to Accra, you were still going to spend more because transportation costs kept going up. Uh, and and, and the, the whole of last year, even to this year, even though it's gone down a bit, it's still up compared to what we're doing uh, two years ago. So we expect that, I mean, things will go up. It wouldn't be, we expect to increase our, our revenues and then taxes will go up but it's been uh, at a rate, at, a, at an increasing rate compared to what comes into us as, as our margins of profit. So for me, I, I don't see the story changing, even though we are still sure that there's going to be some stability in the, in the city. We, I don't see that uh, reflected in our story in our pockets very soon because 
people have stock that they still have to claim, have to make money for, they have to cover for, and you're, you don't, you don't, you're not sure that prices will just go down because there's some 600 million that has hit our account. We don't know how things are going to be. So for me, it's been challenging. I, I must say that I've actually shut down one branch. There's a branch I opened late last year that is still that is not running. So kind of out of four restaurant branches, I only have two branches running now. I have two friends who have shut down a branch in East Legon each. And these are not even restaurants, these are eateries, these are just food joints in East Legon. And they've shut down you know, with, with less than six months of operation. So the challenge is real, and uh, it's, I, I just hope that we find a way around it. Very interesting uh, point of view there, shutting down one of your restaurants. Uh, Emmanuel, with your food processing uh, factory, what has been your own story? coming into this week when now we have a deal of course seen as the that deal that would deliver economic growth in the long run what has been your story coming in so for me i think that um like uh, mr joseph said um the speculation helps a bit with the stabilization of the local currency however i wonder how this affects those at the bottom of the pyramid farmers farmers how well are they educated with some of these things my business runs heavily on raw materials and over the years, we've seen a massive increment with the prices of fruits. For example, mango last year, we were, uh, were buying mango for two CD. Now we are buying it for three CD, four CD per kilo. And it's affecting things. So hearing just, just by hearing increments in tariffs alone, and very soon we'll be hearing increments in certain things, then all the farmers, all the some middlemen, all of a sudden want to increase things. And it's going to just increase cost. So um, hearing this, uh, receiving the 600 million, so far it hasn't done anything to my sales or my revenue, but I'm hoping that it will do something, even though I'm very skeptical because uh, I've been recently hit by incrementing tariffs, which I'm going to start filling it in my cost. And so I'm also thinking about the farmers at the bottom of the pyramid. How is this going to affect them? Because already fertilizers are not being subsidized. I know a lot of farmers that are renting out their mango farms, selling out their farms, and it's going to be very challenging. Some are clearing it for real estate and other stuff. So we also have uh, a bit of a challenge with regards to food security in there. Hey, um, Dr. Joseph Obing, you said earlier to me uh, this week that some of your members were looking for LCs from some you know, international banks and because of the economic challenge that they were facing, uh, Ghana was facing, it was a struggle. But you were looking forward to the IMF deal being closed so that that will open doors for you. Is that still the story that many of your members are looking to expand possibly on the back of this IMF program? Dr. Bing. Hello, Dr. Bing. I know you're there. If you can unmute for me. Okay. Uh, we'll try and get Dr. Bing uh, to unmute so we can hear him because he has a very interesting story about some of the uh, members. Hello. Yes, Dr. Bing, yes. I can hear yeah. you. So what is the IMFD all about? It's to bring, bring credibility that was lost, that the investor community were not uh, ready to do business with that. And so it's not about, for me, I do not only see um, the fiscal money that is coming in. But the most important thing is this credibility that is that um, these banks abroad have their uh, confidence in doing business with our local banks. It's going to uh, uh, unleash so many 
uh, funds into a, 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 onto the country through diverse means, through LC opening and all that. And it is true that um, most of the European and American banks were shying away from uh, confirming airfields from um, the banks in Ghana. They had a difficulty. Now, if they do, it means that um, and they are going to give us um, credit in disguise and it's going to help boost our businesses. That may not be the fiscal cards that have come in. So it is very important that we have this credibility back, we have the confidence back into the system so that businesses can do business as usual that we, we used to do. That credibility is important. Um, I, and, and Dr. Nyamicha, what do you say about that credibility? How much does that mean for you in the hotels industry? Well, Evans, a lot, a lot. But as I, I mentioned, the the benefits might not really be that uh, soon for comfort. It will take some time because the the value of the city itself is not the only variable that we consider in our uh, operations, okay? Even the utility bills is also staring in our face, and even the pressure from our staff as well, okay? But if you look at the bigger picture, where eventually this credibility factor will bring in investments, and of course, when people move, that is where we also have business to do in terms of international visits and, and all that. Then. Uh, we, we, we we see it as a positive move. But again, we, we also have to look at it from the support that we may need from the system, not even related to government alone, but from the whole system in appreciating where we are now. In fact, we have to uh, uh, appreciate that we find ourselves in the hole. And we have to do everything possible to get out of that hole. So as to whether it's to do with the credibility in the system and all that, let's also look at what we can do ourselves to ensure that we survive the period. And for me, that's also very, very important. In addition to the credibility that the money is coming in will generate, we also have to look at how best we can manage our own resources, manage our own businesses, keep an eye on every city, be prudent with our management, and also be prudent with our staff. I mean, we are getting to the point where we need to keep an eye on every aspect of our businesses so that together with the, 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 the stability that the IMF program will bring in, we can reap the full benefits thereof and not to just focus one aspect of it. So I think we should look at the bigger picture, Evans. Interesting perspective from the business community and business owners. Let me bring in the individual uh, point of view. And, and Dela is a blogger. He's been on. He's listened to the businesses. Uh, they employ. They, they, and the businesses thrive. The economy grow. But Dela, you, you listen to the, these businesses. They've talked about their challenge. they talked about the expectations uh, uh, after this deal that has now been, been sealed. What, what you listen to, What's your reaction to everything you've heard? And give me that individual point of view to, to this deal now that it's been closed. Hi, Evans. Um, so one of the things that uh, I always try to think about is how it's going to affect the average person like myself. 
um, the minimum wage in Ghana is 14.8 um, CDs, which can barely do anything for anybody these days. That's 14, they're like about 15 CDs um, a day. And that's about short row from taking short row from, let's say, 37 to Kaneshi and back. And you can imagine that after that, there's nothing left. We're about to experience a situation where um, with all these conditions, uh, tariffs are going to go up. People, people are not going to get salary increase. So even though there is, um, I understand the need for um, the IMF and uh, um, stands and the government going there, it's going to be very difficult for people to survive in the next few months as we try to get through this very difficult situation. And I, I think that one of the things governments can do to let people have some confidence in them and let people believe that we'll not end up in such a situation is to make actions that um, show that they are also willing to sacrifice. Because if tariffs go up, the government um, officials are not paying bills and things like that. So they are not going to suffer these tariff things. And you know that, you and I know that almost every time the government officials are going to be getting their Gracia and things like that. We need to see the government making sacrifices, even if they are talking sacrifices, to get people to rally around the um, this um, the mood. Because people are going to still feel dampened by the, by these um, changes that are going to happen. Already, um, people have lost hope in the system. And, and one of the panel panelists mentioned um, eateries closing up. I know a lot of friends who open eateries and the eatery business was um, doing very well during the COVID period because a lot of deliveries. But um, after COVID, with all the levies and all the taxes, people were not able to keep their bottom line going. They were not able to afford a lot of things because of all the increases in taxes and all the new levies. So it's going to be very difficult for young people like me who have great entrepreneurial ideas to be able to survive in, the, in these conditions. And we need like to see our leaders making those sacrifices so that when we are also making those sacrifices, we don't feel like it's just us alone. We don't want to be seeing uh, people in parliament making, passing new laws to get them new VAs. We don't want to see. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. People, um, government size increasing and things like that. We don't want to see people increasing their salaries when the average person cannot increase their salary. Um, I work in the private sector, so luckily for me, some of these things might not affect me directly. But when tariffs go up, it's going to affect me directly. A lot of people are going to come out from university and they're looking for jobs. There's going to be a freeze on hiring in the public sector, which means a lot of people are going to be rushing into the private sector, which means with the abundance of new people coming, the private sectors would be able to pay people less because of the competition that um, would be needed to get those positions. So it's just going to be a very bad situation for young people who are not um, having multi-million dollar businesses in Ghana or small-scale businesses and like the average Joe. So for me, I am sort of caught in this place where I'm a bit hopeful that 
these measures would help secure the future of Ghana, especially with the economy, and then a bit depressed about how it's going to uh, affect young people like me who are ready to start families and start new businesses. Interesting um, perspective there uh, from, from an individual's point of view. And Harris, I want to come uh, back to you. You uh, said uh, you had to close down one of your restaurants. So let, let me ask that question now. I mean, we went to the IMA because there was a consensus, at least at government level, that that will be the beginning of our economic recovery. First, tell me, from, from a business point of view, Everything you've said suggests to me that you don't believe that it, the IMF program solely will deliver an outcome that then leads to your business, for example, thriving in the long term. If that is your conclusion, what is, what will then deliver the growth that would ensure that you reopen that restaurant that you closed? Hey, but, uh, the, the, the truth is I, I don't believe that the IMF is the solution to our problem as, uh, as a country. And uh, I don't, we've been on several IMF programs. I don't think that you've ever solved any of our problems. So we need first fiscal discipline. We also need to ensure that, I mean, the grassroots, the micro level. So all these things we are talking about is on a business level, the micro level. We need to be able to look at how to make sure that they also feel the benefits that come from this IMF project uh, uh, <coughs> bailout. Now, for me as a business, uh, I'm looking at when the government says that there is support or financial support for SMEs, I want to be able to apply and then go through the process. And if I don't get it, I know why I didn't get it. If I get it, I know that it's been given to me a spell of how I need to use it and how to account and pay one. There should also be some support for either energy efficient alternatives. So say for someone like me who runs a restaurant in the evening, I if I have solar, I could easily store some energy and, and run and run on solar lights in the evening. But then again, solar products are very expensive. There are taxes on solar products here that you might not be able to buy them here. You are better off buying it from Burkina Faso or Cote d'Ivoire compared to the prices that we have here in Ghana. Then also the issue of increments in tariffs. I mean, we should be, be realistic. There, there are government institutions that owe the the ECG huge amounts that they are supposed to follow them and, 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 and take up. And then for we small businesses, we should be given some incentives to encourage us to at least survive for a number of years. You're able to survive, then you can actually grow your business to expand and then absorb more people that want to come into the private sector. Now for the small, the, the, the informal sector, which is what Ghana is, Ghana has a large informal sector. The government must find ways and means to be able to rake in some some taxes from the informal sector. Because for me, my my my, my last solution before I jack out, before I leave Ghana would be to run a local food business and go into other informal sector. And if I don't do it, I, I don't I don't make it in those years. I will, I will just leave the country because for me I've tried formalizing a business, doing almost everything and the taxes are just too much. So uh, that 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 is it for me. I hope that not everybody doesn't lose hope like I am losing. Hello, Evans. Yes, please go on. Um, yeah, so I want to um, follow up on this point, and I think that there are a lot of things that government policies that need to be scrapped to make rooms for some of the things that he's suggested. I, I personally do not believe that uh, free education should be rolled out universally in the way it is, and um, some of the things like paying uh, allowances to teachers and nurses might not be 
very helpful to the economy at this point. There's a lot of money that we are tanking into. And I, as I, I'm in the tech sector and I've worked on lots of projects that uh, use databases. I think one of the biggest policies that government has done in the recent time is the um, national ID situation and time post tax um, numbers to their national ID. If the government has all this data, they should be able to tell those um, which people are paying taxes and which people are not paying taxes. Like the, the gentleman said, we should be able to look at these things and say that this person has been paying their tax regularly, so the person deserves a tax break. And these people who have not been paying their tax regularly, we should find out why they're not paying their tax regularly and make sure that they, we capture them into the tax bracket. Because right now we have everybody's data because technically everybody is on the Ghana card. We know how much money people are paying through mobile money. So we can say that these people are paying e-levy and we should be able to give them tax breaks and think them general incentives. We should also, for example, say that if we look at your tax um, um, returns and, and you are earning about a certain amount, you shouldn't qualify for free education. If let's say you are earning above a certain amount, then maybe you should qualify for 10% of your child's school fees to be waived. If you are earning below a certain amount, then you should be qualified for let's say 50%. If we don't have any tax records from you, you shouldn't qualify for any of these free things until you are able, we are able to get some tax record for you. And we should do all these things to incentivize people to get into the tax bracket. Because as, as somebody like me who is paying a lot of tax, I feel burdened that every time the tax um, new taxes are added the new the people who are not paying taxes are not affected by it, but those of us who are paying the taxes are being affected we have all these data we should be able to make these decisions and make sure that we expand our tax bracket and we should throw away these city um things like school feeding programs um free education and all these free things that at this point in time are not working for us if in future we get to a, a time when everything is working well we can bring them back but at this time free education school feeding programs and things like that are not very beneficial because a lot of parents are willing to pay for these these things it's like it's very frustrating to see the government hook onto these projects um the cathedral school feeding free education and watch as they drain the economy and so hopefully like somebody has a little bit of sense to do some of these things and um, there are lots of people in the tech spaces who are willing to help to improve the database and help them make these decisions with all the data they have. They can't have all these data and just sit in there and then be using all this data to only say that if you have not registered your SIM card, you'll be blocked. That's a ridiculous use of all that really good data. Um, yeah, so um, sorry I had to rant on that one. Yeah, I mean, you raised some important points and I want to bring you in, um, Dr. Edward Nyamichen, to this conversation. <clears throat> the same question I asked Emmanuel earlier, which Efudela uh, jumped in. I'll come back to Emmanuel uh, with your uh, food processing plan. But if if the consensus on this uh, co- in this conversation is that the uh, IMF deal that we've secured, the money coming, the credibility, and all that isn't enough, then what would it take for your members in the hotel industry to to go back to what it, they, they used to be, growing, employing people, uh, and creating wealth for the for everybody else? Very important question, Evans. And uh, let me put it this way. We don't have to go too far. Let's just go to 2019, where we had the year of return. And that was a massive campaign led by the president himself to bring uh, our brothers and sisters in the diaspora to Ghana. And in fact, after that year of return, we are also on the... uh, 
the 10 year beyond the return. And that's all part of the campaign too. I think even this is a period where we need to give tourism and hospitality that special attention as well. Because all that it requires is putting in programs that attracts international visits, that attracts business, that attracts conferences to Ghana. And then we reap the, the benefits. And I'm glad that the president has taken that bold step. I don't know if you are aware of the uh, planned uh, presidential uh, summit on tourism, which will be held at the end of this month. It was one of the promises given by the president during his State of the Nation address. And that is to bring the operators in the industry to brainstorm on how to promote uh, tourism. So I think we have to look at ways to reap major benefits from tourism and uh, hospitality. And that would mean putting a few things in place. I mean, very simple things like sanitation. We have to tackle... Hello, dog. I may have lost him there. Uh, I want to bring in Imano Wasu. Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay, so tackle some few things like uh, sanitation, tackle a few things like uh, if, if you infrastructure to our tourism sites and all that. Unfortunately for us, we have the Ghana Tourism Development Project, which is actually funded by the World Bank, which is looking at some of these things. So from my point of view with regards to the industry, I think this is a period where we can reap a lot of benefits, economic benefits, and probably start even the journey toward. Hmm, we we lost our him. Tourism, okay. because it, it is a low-hanging fruit that we can build, but it cannot survive. It cannot survive if we leave it to 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 face all the challenges that. Uh, is, is coming up. Unfortunately, what we are beginning to be able to understand is that these IMF conditionalities are fixed issues, they are fixed uh, protocol, and nothing can be done about it. So in the next uh, year or six months or so, we are going to see time just going up and up and up like that. If we are not careful, if we are not careful, we will we will be uh, our businesses will collapse even before we start reaping the benefits of the, this IMF deal. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think yeah, <laughs> a very very interesting perspective. That Imano for Pure and Just Company. What what will be your take on that same question? Yeah, so for me, I like to be able and go down to the little little details. I'm involved in the informal sector. So for a business like me, seeing how the uh, um, economy is doing, people need jobs because the government has frozen. You come to a business like me and like Mr. Joseph for being said to bring in foreign exchange uh, uh, investors and stuff. I need certification to be able to meet the international standard to export. It's very expensive. Hello, Mano. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, challenges with the connection there with Emmanuel Zoom. Uh, Dr. Joseph. Hello, Emmanuel. Uh, let's bring in uh, Dr. Joseph Obeng, who, who obviously. To export, has... even trying to organize logistics to export 
maybe half a container load is very difficult. Government doesn't have any strategies in place for those things. So I understand we, IMF is coming in to help us, but if it's going to directly transform the economy right now, as we need solutions, then some of these little, little things, government needs to support small business. Ghanaian government needs to support manufacturing uh, um, um, businesses like mine. They need to help farmers. They need to put things in place so that we can survive and employ most of the young people that are going to come out of university that don't have jobs. Because I don't see myself employing for the next six months to two years if I don't have any intervention to scale up. So government needs to come in to really help us with some of these little, little things. Are there even programs that government is organizing on how we can access finances for small-scale business like this? Like Harrison said, interest rates are even high when you go and borrow at the banks. So some of these programs, I think, are some of the little, little things that we young businesses in our space can benefit from. And I know there's the bigger picture of IMF and, 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 and so on. Currently, how can these little, little things enable us to be able to thrive as we wait for a bigger picture, hmm. for a bigger solution? Very interesting uh, perspective there from all of you in terms of how your businesses can return to the growth that the growth path you were on before the challenges uh, hit. Uh, Dr. Joseph Obeng, what, what do you say to that same question? What's, what's the take from the traders looking ahead if the IMF program in itself, the credibility, the stability in the city and everything else isn't enough? What would it Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Take them to return us back to the path of growth. Yeah, the IMF deal will amount to nothing if the condition it is takes away any gains that we are expecting as a nation to boost businesses. It will amount to nothing. And I believe IMF want good reference for a country that they seek to rescue. The whole intention is to rescue the nation. But if their conditions or conditionalities are such that excessive taxation is put to bear on businesses to the extent of um, collapsing them, then it will amount to nothing. It won't make any sense that we even entered the deal in the first place. And that's why it is to um, opportunity for bargaining, that we can still bargain for some of these conditions, especially in terms of the taxes that have been um, um, imposed on us. That's coming into the media budget and all that they should understand that if businesses collapse, um, and they stand to gain nothing. What reference are they leaving? That they came to Ghana and then Ghana businesses collapsed. And so it is very important. The government still engaged with IMF, government still engaged with business and stakeholders such as um, uh, uh, business organizations here and talk through these taxes. Yeah, they said that uh, the some region, um, uh, uh, the task uh, to um, GDP is uh, um, higher than uh, our. Ours is said that the taxes are so much 
and that is unbearable to the extent that there's no virtually no compliance. These countries that we're talking about, all of them, their tax levels are very low, lower, much, much lower than that of Ghana. But yet, their tax um, to D GDP is far bigger than um, that of Ghana, which have huge um, taxes high up on businesses. What does it tell you? It means that taxes, when they are not affordable, there's virtually no compliance, and government do not have its one. If we're able to make taxes affordable and make sure that we bring pragmatic and efficient ways of collecting um, these taxes and roping in those who are outside the uh, uh, tax net, Ghana will have more than uh, necessary. The VAT that we are paying, only about 20% of the businesses, the entire business community in Ghana are hooked up to the, the VAT. So many of them are outside the payment of VAT. And then the people who are collecting, the Ghanaian people who are collecting VAT are less than 10%. Most people, you do your survey and ask any person, most people in the public, and to show the recent um, uh, VAT invoice, nobody will have some for you. And uh, this, this is what you're talking about. Mm. Very interesting perspective there, uh, Dr. Bing. And, and all of you have had your own uh, individual, very unique, I guess, projections as to how uh, you can ride on the IMF program uh, to turn the economy around uh, wholly. But I guess the, co the consensus is that the IMF program in itself uh, will not do that. And there are other things that the government and everybody else must do uh, to turn your businesses around. Uh, many of you have also joined us with your thoughts. I want to share a few uh, with you uh, now. Yes, Papa. Yeah, Evans, let's start from South Odoko. And this one is coming from um, Eddie. And he says, Masa, Will the finance minister still take his 10% of this $600 million? Is a question. It's a $600 million question. I can't answer that. Now, this one here, all the way from Dakuman Prosper, Domenio says, um, it's all about fiscal discipline. If our leaders can't curb wastage, mismanagement, and misappropriation of our hard-earned money, then no amount of funds from these individuals, from the IMF, pardon, or the World Bank, can't save our economy or make it any better. Um, or let me give you some more um, of those comments here. And this one from Cynthia. She says, Cynthia and Kukumilu, she says, this government will go down as the worst. How can you agree to these terms? To increase tariffs every quarter is too much. If you're unemployed, then forget about government job. Travel outside. Um, that's, let's go to Adam in Nashalibukri. It says, already I've sent home one of my workers. Last year, I was paying 1200 for electricity. After after the last increment, I had to pay more. Someone had to go. I don't know how I would deal with this one. Thank you, Adam. And finally, Doka says, from next month, unless I empty and put off my fridge, 18% is too much and too soon. Thank you, Dorcas from Achimota. Hmm. A few of your views there. Very interesting uh, comments there, especially from the business owners uh, who have been sharing their views on this deal, which has now been sealed. A lot of food for thought there. Thank you, Dr. Joseph Obing. Uh, thank you, Edward uh, Akanyamiche with the Hotels Association. Emmanuel Ampedu, uh, who runs a pure, a pure and just company, Processed Tropical Fruits. Harrising, who runs a restaurant. And Efodela, who is a blogger. And from all of you who listened and commented, enjoy the rest of the evening.
I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. Full-time whistle. Jose Mourinho's defensive masterclass wins again. Roma hadn't been to a European final for 31 years until 12 months ago. They've got two in a row now. And they're toying with them. Bernardo Silva, yeah! It's the final stretch for most domestic leagues across Europe. And even where titles have been won, relegation fears and battles for European places do exist. Spain and Italy have champions declared all right. Bayern, Munich and Borussia Dortmund are in a big fight for the Bundesliga title. Paris Saint-Germain are almost there in France. And the latest Champions League finalists and favourites could wrap up the title in England this weekend. Is it going to be Mahrez? No, it's Gundogan! Two goals and an assist. 300 games. And there's always something to treasure. Another ruthless professional display. They question if this might be the one that caused them the problem in between the Real Madrid games. Not so. Manchester City could begin the foundation for winning the treble. If they can beat Chelsea at Etihad, we'll keep tabs across that game and focus on the top four fight as well as a relegation battle. Knowing very well, Liverpool are looking to grab a European spot at the last hour. We'll be in Italy, Spain, France and Germany, however, for full previews to the weekend. We'll be in the United States for NBA updates and in Italy to monitor what's left of the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix that was called up by Formula One. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello from me, George Adler Jr. And welcome to The Locker Room. Live on radio, live online. This is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Thanks for staying with us on The Locker Room as always. It's a pleasure to come your way with a very pacey preview to the weekend. Remember that you can always get in touch via WhatsApp line or indeed across our social media handles. And we're so excited to get to read your messages as we look forward to what's supposed to be another bright sporting weekend. So let's begin this evening and we'll start with Formula One. It's lights out, away we go. And unlike yesterday, Verstappen gets away well this time, as does Sergio Perez. Leclerc, little champion, he's coped with the rain here this weekend. Max Verstappen comes to the line, wins the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix by some distance. And it's a distance from his teammate, Sergio Perez, as Red Bull come to Ferrari's backyard and make it a 1 2. And yes, we should have been talking to Max to come 
But Emilia Romagna Grand Prix has been called off this weekend because of major flooding in the region. Discussions on Wednesday between local authorities and organizers of the race at Imola in Italy concluded that the event could not proceed safely. At least eight people have died and 5,000 more have been evacuated following widespread flooding across the Emilia-Romagna region. Formula One said calling off the race was the right and responsible thing to do. F1 will look at the options for reshuttling the race, but it's considered unlikely to make a return because of the crowded schedule. So let's bring in the F1 writer and broadcaster Inga Strucker. Inga, thank you very much for your time on the locker room. This was so unusual for Formula One to call off this race, but it seems they had no option in this case. It is very unusual, but I have to say, the track was evacuated. All Formula One personnel and media had to leave. Um, we, I got an email um, at about um, just before midnight saying, don't come to the track on Wednesday. We will let you know once the track is reopened. There's a little bridge over the, the, um, the river that is just right next to the racetrack. Santerno, the name of the river is. And that bridge was almost flooded already. So the signs were there. And there was the Minister of Transport and the um, Vice Prime Minister of Italy, Matteo Salvini. He said, we really should reschedule the Imola Grand Prix and take care of more important things. Inga, really sad and no doubt emergency measures are still being taken to make sure everyone in the region is safe. I know the Ferrari team is based there. Uh, What have they had to say? Ferrari just sent me a note saying, um, team boss Fred Rasseur said, on behalf of everyone working at Scuderia Ferrari, I would like to express our deepest sympathy to everyone affected by this terrible tragedy. Emilia Romagna is our homeland and it's heartbreaking to see what people are going through at the moment. This speaks for almost every team. I mean, I could give you similar statements, you know, from Mercedes, from Haas, from the FIA president, from uh, Stefano Domenicali. And I think Stefano Domenicali, the Formula One boss, he is in the most direct situation because he grew up in Imola. He is from that region. And he said it's really a tragedy. The Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix, if it had gone on this weekend, would have been the Sith Grand Prix of the year. How likely is it that it could be rescheduled for later in the year? I actually don't see that very unlikely. I mean, there. look, we have... A 23 race record calendar this year. So it's going to be tough. But there are gaps. And if the teams are willing to move and, you know, make some concessions, I don't know when this could happen. But there could be a slight reshuffle. Maybe other Grand Prix have moved together. But Monza, for example, Milan, is... I think a couple of hours drive from Imola, maybe let's say for the transporters of the Formula One teams, three hours. Maybe we could have Monza and Imola in September. I don't know if that's possible because then the teams have to go to Singapore and then there's Japan right after. So, yes, it would be challenging. But I think they are already, I I could imagine that Formula One was already looking at options to reschedule. Inga Straka, the F1 writer, and joined us with some analysis ahead. NBA next, and the Eastern and Western Conference Finals are underway with so much to come this weekend. Let's get a bit of perspective then, and I'm joined by our NBA expert, Kofi Ousu. Kofi, thanks for your time. The Miami Heat came up with another surprising result. A 1-2-3 to 116 victory over the Boston Celtics in Boston. Are you surprised by Miami's run this postseason? And what are the key points to look at in this Eastern Conference Finals matchup? That's a very good question. Am I surprised that the Miami Heat have made it this far in the postseason? Well, I would answer yes and no. Yes, because they are the eighth seed. 
they made it to the playoffs through the play-in. In fact, they lost the first playing game to the Atlanta Hawks before qualifying in the subsequent matchup. They have had two major injuries in this postseason to Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero. They have not had home court advantage in any of the games so far, or the series so far, I should say. But yet... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 